Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by coordination.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network at jitterymonkey.com, where you can get your finest uh, Five Heart Podcast merchandise, t-shirts, and more. And of course, uh, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and it feels so good to have the tripod back together as I'm joined by Hoss Reuter and John Dam Johnston. Uh, Hoss, how you been, buddy? Uh, I've been good. Uh, just staying busy, school and work, and uh, crossing off a day, one day at a time on the calendar towards football season. I think you gave us the, uh, what would you say, 78 days until kickoff? Mm-hmm. I, I like so that. That means 11 more weeks of these podcasts with no game to talk about. I'm I'm just so tickled that you are keeping track so that I don't have to. Well, you know, I'll lose track for a few days because I'll get busy, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, there's 74 days. Oh, there's 60 <laughs> days. And then there's the magical, oh, there's 25 days, but then from day 25 to T minus one day, it crawls by. Well, I don't think it will because that's when fall camp starts, and, and we'll actually have some progress and updates to talk about. So I think I think that chunk, I think August is going to be – you know, feel like it's going to go quicker than, than what you, you may realize. Um, but, and as they say, I'm sure it's the same in fandom as it is uh, as a parent. And John, you can attest to this long days and short years, right? Oh, me. Yeah. John, you're, you're the, you're the one on the show named John, right? Oh God. Yes, I am. (laughs) Uh, how, how you been buddy? I have, uh, we should record these earlier so I'm not sundowning as much when we do these. It, so, it sounds like all of us have just like been road hard and put up wet. I don't know about you but you guys, but I woke up this morning with, uh, and we're recording this on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, I, I woke up. I woke up. in soccer team one. <laughs> no, I woke up with a smile on my face and a song in my heart. Congratulations, Greg. Thank you. You know who, Seriously, I'm not being sarcastic. Congratulations. I'm really happy for you. You know who would appreciate uh, a little Stanley Cup uh, hockey talk would be uh, Coach Reed Fuller, who's not with us oh. this week. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> some guy that isn't here. Yeah. Um, but we're not going you to. You know what I woke up with this morning? Uh, a smile on your face and a Woody in your pants? No. You didn't. You didn't take I a blue chew before this bed. Morning and went. I didn't die in my sleep again. Well, that's a bonus. I think we can all agree that that's good. At, I woke up at five fifteen this morning, just thinking, "Ah, shit, here we go again." <laughs> You're way too young to be thinking that way, dude. I just went working in the mornings, going to class in the afternoons. It's just, it's been brutal. Abbreviated summer session. It's been brutal. I, oh, it's horrifying. You know what's worse than that? Going to work in the morning and then go work in the fucking afternoon, you ass. 
Well, John, I uh, I did that for six years before I went back to school, so I'm oh. well versed with uh, working manual labor jobs that you hate for 50, 60 hours a week. I speak. John uh, has no retort. No. I've silenced John Damn Johnston. I, I was waiting for Greg. I had uh-huh, uh-huh. I had a moment uh, earlier this week where I woke up in a panic uh, because I thought I slept through my alarm, which is not uncommon. Uh, in fact, it's how I got fired from the only job I ever got fired from for oversleeping too often. You know, when you have a job that your hours are 4 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then you have to go back at night and call like ball high school ball games and then get up and be back at work at four in the morning. Um, and you, you get there at four and the next person at, at the station gets in at five, only they don't have a key. So they're relying on you to be there and unlock the door. And when that happens a couple of days in a row and they can't do their work because you're still asleep in your apartment, uh, frowned upon. So I was politely removed from my duties and uh, it worked out great because moved back home for a month, got a new job. Less than a year later, I met my wife, and here we are. That sounds like a this point. that what? sounds like a good outcome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very pleased. Uh, as they say in uh, The Simpsons, I regret nothing. Splat. Um, but yeah, so uh, Blues won the Stanley Cup. I'm the only one on the show who cares. And uh, oh, I care. I oh. care a lot. Oh, do you? Well, yeah. I watched. So I watched cool. Game Seven. What did you think uh, of Game Seven? Because I told people I I went to Facebook and said I was just essentially just trying to get conversation started and have people you know ask us questions or bring up topics. Uh, I said if you want to avoid forty five minutes of St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup talk, you got to drop a comment or question below. And I f- I claimed that it was from you, John, like that you were really hammering home the point to me that I needed to make the announcement. Um, but what did you think of, of game seven, sir? Well, I haven't, you know, here's the thing with sporting events. I just flat out forget to watch them. That's fair. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, I haven't watched hockey in a while and I, I really kind of actually enjoy hockey, even though you call it like Canadian soccer. I don't call it that. There's Hoss. somebody, on the show who doesn't Somebody, appreciate it. Yeah. It's Canadian ice soccer. <laughs> you know, you know what? It's, I thought game seven was exciting. I didn't turn it on till the second period. So the blues already had a two to nothing lead, but the plays that the goalie made for the blues, it was a Bennington. Yep. Jordan Bennington, a rookie. Just unbelievably exceptional. He, I mean, that guy just, I you know, maybe some of that was just good fortune, but a lot of that was just skill. He uh, got called up to uh, the team in January and, uh, uh, you know, won his first start and really never looked back. Uh, he was instrumental in the team's 11-game winning streak, which I believe either tied or just beat a, a previous, you know, win streak by the franchise. Um, you know, started every game, set a uh, rookie record for – postseason wins with 16 i mean every game that they won he was uh in the net and only one time in fact earlier in this series uh he got pulled it was a blowout i believe it was game three uh blues were just getting their asses handed to him their first ever stanley cup game 
or, or I shouldn't say first ever, but uh, the first uh, Stanley Cup uh, final game uh, in St. Louis for this this year, and their first ever game home game in the month of June, and I think they ended up losing seven to two. It, it was ugly. There were two games like that in the series where they just uh, played piss poor. Uh, but he actually got pulled. Jake Allen came in. And I think maybe let up one more goal, you know, in mop up duty, something like that. But but he started every game in the postseason and uh, and set a new rookie record with 16 wins. Obviously, you got to win 16 to win the cup, and uh, just had a just, just phenomenal, uh, you know, 25 year old rookie uh, kind of played with the chip on his shoulder and uh, improved it on the ice. But Billy, Billy. Will you stop saying that? What? He said dilly he dilly because he knows that it aggravates the shit out of me. Okay. You know, I will say this about hockey goalies. I mean, they, the goal is like two feet wide and they have eight feet of pads on them. <laughs> I mean, it's not like soccer where you have a 20-foot goal and a guy doesn't have anything but gloves on. I'm going huh? to – but so much of it – You and, can just let it go. You can let I'm, it go. I'm just seeing how far I can go before I get kicked off of this episode. <laughs> I no, I uh I in in you know this, it's so much of it is about positioning. If you get caught out of position, uh uh-huh. you you know, you're you're screwed. And and uh here's one thing that I didn't realize was a thing until I really started paying attention to hockey a few years ago is like you have a slap shot from the blue line and you've got, you know, a teammate up in front of the goalie who's just going to hit the puck with the stick and just redirect it and essentially chip it in, it's it's crazy. Uh, it, it just there's so much skill involved that I guess I never fully appreciated. But uh, let me tell you, I appreciate it now for sure. So, but you weren't as big enough fan to like get your ass in a car, drive to St. Louis, and like help turn over a police car or something. Uh, th- there were no turning over of police cars. We are a very polite fan base, sir. Oh God, please. Um. Uh, now you're. You know what you are. Don't say it. You know what you are. It's St. Louis. You know what you are. You're just uh, suddenly better than Cleveland. Wow. Yeah. I, wh- wh- yeah. <laughs> what is that? Uh, like I set better you than up Cle- in better than Cleveland, but not quite as good as Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what what is that uh, uh, around the horn on ESPN where the host can mute somebody? Yeah. Oh, who are you going to mute between us two? Uh, I was going to mute. Uh, John, for that comment, uh, John, we're going to put <laughs> okay, you. Well, we're give, putting you in the penalty I'll, I'll box. The, I'll get you. The, I'll give you the best joke I saw today about this. Okay. It was. It what is? How's it go? It was. How is? It, how are they doing in Boston? Don't say it. They have the blues. I like that. Yeah, we should move on now. That was terrible. I, I yeah, John. Day job. I like the uh, I like. Hey Boston, you like apples? Well, we got the Stanley Cup. So how do you like them apples? Oh uh, yes, a nice Goodwill hunting reference. Thank you. Oh my God. Okay, we should like do something Husker related. Did, John, did you know that Goodwill Hunting is an Academy Award winning film? Yeah. Do you know what I I I'm in my bathroom office again. And you, you, you know what I did? You know what I did not do? Poop. Uh, you, know you, what didn't, I, you didn't take a blue I, chew? No, I didn't take a towel and stuff it under the door. <laughs> you know why I didn't do that? 
Because you're not I'm smoking not weed. smoking dope in my bathroom. That's why I didn't do that. You'd think no that people in like Nebraska dorm thing. room. You'd think that Nebraska dorm room people would like think, "Hey, I'm going to smoke some dope. I'll stuff a towel under the door so other people can't smell it." Or, or just hear me out for a second. You don't have a bunch of RAs and campus security officers who go public with this stuff. I don't think they can get away with that anymore. It happens at every college football program. It does. So I'm assuming everybody... Newsflash to people who think weed is the devil still in this state. And um, by if Twitter's any indication, that's a fair amount of people. It's probably better that they're doing that, albeit they shouldn't be doing it in their dorm room. But it's probably better they're smoking weed instead of out at the bars getting into trouble. I don't disagree with that, but maybe they should be going to church and praying at night. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they even do that at Notre Dame. <laughs> Ooh, what about TCU? Okay, so everybody knows we're talking about Wandale Robinson. And Maurice Washington. Well, Maurice was only cited for paraphernalia possession. Correct. Not actually cited for possession of marijuana. Still a hundred dollar ticket, you know, in the state of Nebraska for Juan Dale's case. Oh, it is. Yep. Then really, what we're looking at here is a headline, and then Scott Frost will say, "Don't do this again, or you're in trouble." Run, run a hundred and fifty stadium steps. Now, is that a hundred and fifty steps total, or like a hundred and fifty trips up and down? That's 150 trips up and down. Okay, because that, that's a, a lot more punishing than there's just 150 steps total. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, I figure I, I deduced that one all on my own. I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it, is it is the timing of it odd because it's two weeks in a row? Or is it just, you know, 19-year-old kids on a college campus – Bored out of their mind. Well, they say everything happens in three, so we're waiting for the third thing to go. Well, you got to say it like that, John. Damn. Yeah, there you go. So what? What? Let Let's play. Let's play that game then. What do you anticipate is the number three? Oh my God! No, but some guy gets caught driving with a suspended license, something that's like not the not something like an assault charge or something horrifying. Yeah, some stealing bikes maybe. Uh, yeah, stealing bikes or wearing socks with sandals. <laughs> you guys still there? Yeah. Um, no, sorry, my computer just totally went on the fritz on me. Well done. Oh, it's probably being hacked by Russians. Probably. Or it was probably trying to get out of this conversation, too. (laughs) (laughs) I like where the conversation was going because I came in right at socks and sandals. I, okay, so. We were. Go ahead, John. We were talking about, uh, you know, we had Maurice and now we have Wandale and these things tend to go in threes. So I I asked the question, who's going to be number three? Well, at this rate, I wouldn't be surprised if any more um, Caleb Tanner stuff dropped. 
No, there's something. Remember, I he got heard. in trouble with the whole ordering pizza with the stolen credit card. That's just this. That's just the bet that I have. I went with socks with sandals or driving while suspended. See, you know what's funny about the socks and sandals look? Being a college student right now at the ripe age of 28, almost 29, normal college-age students love to wear Birkenstocks with tall, white Nike socks. They don't. Guys and girls alike, I don't understand it at all. Are you serious? I am dead serious. The you only know time what I ever is. wear sandals is if I'm on a boat or on a beach, and I'm not on either one of those very often. So, therefore, I hardly ever wear sandals. I wear flip-flops around the house. Does that count? Yeah, no, you're you're within your own domicile. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. You know, they, those same those same kids, damn kids, probably are always like, ah, that guy's always wearing tennis shoes and gym shorts all the time. Yeah, gum whippersnappers. My yeah. God, my, you're going to be, you're a fine curmudgeon. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, the next thing. Off my lawn guy. <laughs> I'm not the next cynical. Thing I wrote, I'm not cynical. I'm just cranky. Oh, that's a lack there's of sleep a and a lot of pressure. For you. What was that? There's a, t- there's a t-shirt for you. I'm writing that note down right now. I'm not cynical. I'm just cranky. Yeah, I don't buy my shirts at Walmart, so I'd never wear that. It's going to be a five-hard podcast shirt. Okay, then I'd wear it. Or I'd okay. cut off the sleep and wear it in the gym. There you go. This that, is that'll how, put some butts in the This is how newsless we are. The next item I wrote down was that news that Florida State University is privatizing their their uh, athletic department. That seems like a uh, Department of Education lawsuit waiting to happen. Not because yeah, they the, accept any federal funding; it's just for under the umbrella of a universe, you know, a state university. Well, here's the thing: uh, this has already happened at basically the University of Florida and UCF, and UCF had a player die, and they were sued for it, and they fought all the way to the Supreme Court. And after they were supposed to give a multi-million dollar settlement to the family of the football player, and the Supreme Court ruled that they were only liable for $200,000 because they had an immunity clause for state agencies. First thing we do is kill all the lawyers. Well, okay. The reason, the reason why they're doing this is because they can, they can deny public records requests and – yeah, basically, and they can have the privileges of a private corporation. I mean, stuff like this is. I mean, they're not technically wrong. If they're a, you know, athletic department doesn't accept taxpayer dollars or university subsidies, then I guess what really separates them from being a private corporation? I mean, I guess they'd be a school sanctioned, you know, department in name only. Well, what separates them is that they'd probably have to pay their student-athletes who would no longer be student-athletes. They'd be employees, wouldn't they? They would be. Yeah. So This, it, this kind of opens up a slippery slope. Well, you'd think it would And I'm be, all for it, players being played, or being played, being paid. <laughs> well, that's a different podcast subject. Have we covered that one yet? We haven't, have we? I don't we? think we have, but I think we should. I think that could be a very, very, very good episode. That's true. We will we'll, we'll do that in the future. 
Uh, so I, I think they, the, the on the book payments, off the book payments, five hundred dollar handshakes, new cars, you know. Well, when you see stuff like this, it's really hard hard to argue against that because it's it's as if the pretense of amateur athleticism just got shot out the window. Well, I mean, I, we don't want to hear about we're all for the student athletes and we're all for, you know, they're playing for the love of the sport and it's bullshit. I love when it college comes to football stuff like more this. than any other sport, but it is amateur ath- athletics in name only. Like, yes, it's yes, a big, it is. it's a big money business. You know, yeah. When you look at TV contracts, apparel sales, ticket sales, coaches' salaries, you know, it's it's a big money business. There's no other way around it. If it wasn't a big money business, why is a you know Nebraska Adidas hoodie seventy dollars at Husker Hounds? You know, it's now the biggest thing I could think of why this would be beneficial is because. Uh, you know, right now the NCAA is facing hundreds of lawsuits over the concussion thing, just like the NFL went through. But uh, and maybe this provides some level of relief uh, to college athletic departments were they to be sued re- repeatedly. But on the other hand, I mean, if you work a player to the point you kill him, you should pay for it that. It just happened before, unfortunately. It happened at Florida State back in the early 2000s. Right. So I don't know, that was a news item that I thought was a little bit, well, newsworthy. And then there well, was speaking they, of Florida State, let's talk about how Slick Willie is probably going to be fired by Halloween. Okay, define, tell people who Slick Willie is because nobody, Willie most Taggart. people don't know. Willie Taggart. Who uh, right. coached who for a, what, a, a matter year? of like five years, went from Western Kentucky to USF when Skip Holtz left. To Oregon when they hired fired Helfrich, and one year at Oregon, he translates that parlays it into his dream job at Florida State, and Florida State, five years after winning a national championship, four years after being in the playoff, two years after winning the Orange Bowl, falls off the fucking map. Yeah, they are terrible. They did they they didn't make the same progress that Scott Frost made last year. I mean, they showed nothing. Their offense got completely shut down by Virginia Tech in the season opener, and it just got worse from there. And, you know, Florida State, that's – you can't look at their their predicament and go, oh, they don't don't have the talent. I mean, it's Florida State. They're always going to have talent on that roster. So, you know, Willie Taggart and Florida State opened up the season with Boise State. And then they got to play Clemson on October 12th. They got to play Virginia – in early September as well. There's a real possibility that Willie Taggart, old slick Willie, is fired by Halloween. There's something wow. about it. We, we can't really necessarily say that Taggart, you know, failed upwards, but he didn't, I don't think, I don't think he did enough at Oregon to necessarily earn the Florida State job. I mean, he, he was. They went seven and five that year. Yeah, I mean. And they had like Royce Freeman, Justin Herbert. I mean, they now that that was Jordan the year Scott Noseguard. That was the year he was there for the year after Nebraska. Uh, no, we played them up in Eugene, and they and they won. Yeah, and, when they got up big on us, like forty two fourteen, we closed it to forty two thirty five there at the end. Right, because that's right. Because we 
helped run Helfrich out of town, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, amazingly enough, now he's the offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. So he, you know, failed upwards. Um, he's a good coach. He just well, he wasn't cut out to be a head coach that soon. But I, mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody has risen as rapidly with such a mediocre resume as Willie Taggart. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you think of it, 2010 was his first year at Western Kentucky, and now it's not even the end of this decade. We're going to the last year of this decade, and he's at, going into his second year at Florida State. That's feeling upwards. Like Tim Beck is jealous of how much that guy's feeling. <laughs> and you and, think we'll see this more often? I mean, athletic departments are desperate. The athletic departments have all this money, or at least the you know the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC have all this money. They're going to be more desperate, and they're typically run by people who have no business acumen whatsoever. No, so. Uh, I completely I think agree. it'll I, become I commonplace to privatize athletic departments. Uh, there's too much money on the line. Well, the it, same principle that will keep Nebraska football afloat of it's too important for us not to get back is the same principle at play with privatizing athletic departments. It, there's too much money and it's too important to be liable for freedom of information requests. But to piggyback on what John was saying, I do think that – more, you know, Division One or Power Five, however you want to, you know, put it, programs or institutions are going to take a chance on, you know, a, a up and coming coach who's shown a glimmer of promise but hasn't done much beyond, you know, that. I mean, look for for all that we know about Scott Frost, you know, and and his, you know, the the coaching trees that he's learned under, and you know. Played had you know played on both sides of the ball at, at, at you know various levels and and coached both sides of the ball and and you know it, everything that we know about him. You take away, I mean, he's realistically, and, and I'm not you know dogging on Scott Frost, especially as we we continue the conversation going forward, but relatively unproven commodity. You know, we love him because he's you know hometown. You know, boy made made good, but if he doesn't go undefeated in his second year at Central Florida, I mean, or maybe not undefeated, but if he doesn't have the big turnaround going from a winless team to an undefeated team in in just a couple of years, then you know he's not on necessarily on anybody's radar. So, a couple of I, I think he would have been on Nebraska's radar. Anyway. Well, okay, I, I don't I don't dispute that because. I will say though, even though Frost went six and seven, thirteen and zero, and then four and eight this past year, even in the six and seven and four and eight years, you can see the tangible progression, the incremental improvement in each of those years. I love you for those words, by the way. Incremental improvement. Incremental I. Um, we're gonna take. You a can time tell out. he's been to college or something. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. take a time out. We're We've gonna all talk- been to college in this podcast. That's true. Uh, even if some of us only stuck around a couple of years, uh, we're going to take a time out. We're going to come back, talk more about Scott Frost, uh, here in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere because I really think you're going to like where the conversation goes, mostly because I have an idea of where I'm steering the conversation and my cohorts don't stick around. The five heart podcast is back right after this.
Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston. Just before we went to break, talking about Scott Frost, talking about uh, uh, you know the incremental improvement. And I'm not making a case against Scott Frost. Don't get me wrong uh, when when I bring him up, but but in the in the I don't know if culture is the the right word to use, but in the uh, era of you know what, let's snag up this up and coming coach before you know, potentially a rival does or, you know, before he goes and signs a big deal somewhere. I think we're going to see more of the Willie Taggart syndrome where, you know, he might have been a head. I mean, Taggart was a head coach longer than Scott Frost, you know, when you go back to Western Kentucky and things like that. But I think we're going to see more, you know, uh, bright stars fading fast than we're going to see long, you know, the the slow burn, if you will, the the – the candle that burns for a long time. Obviously, we all hope that Scott Frost is, you know, at, at the top of his game for years to come. And and in twenty forty eight, he decides that you know he's going to you know retire and spend time with his grandkids. And and after you know five more, seven more national championships, uh, if we're going to go, if we're going to you know go crazy, go crazy, right? Uh, after seven more yes. national championships, uh, he's going to say, you know what? He, I, I, I've done eight. Okay. Uh, he, he's going to say, you know what? I've had my time. It's time to retire. Time to, uh, you know, spend time with my grandkids. Um, you know, that, that's all. That's what I hope is in the future for Scott Frost and in, in his career in Nebraska. But I do think that universities are going to take a chance on someone who's maybe had a year or two is has a lot of hype behind them uh you know a lot of sizzle maybe not as much stake and my that's the point i've been trying to make for the last few minutes i hope that that's the point that's come across and that i'm not you know firing any shots at scott frost i love the guy uh, i'm glad he's in lincoln Haas. <laughs> Jeez. i'm just trying to absorb that all uh. <laughs> No, you were you were eating a sandwich. I could tell. A protein bar, actually. Oh, well, thanks. Um, you you you'd yeah, be a lot sure. you'd be a lot better with a ham sandwich. <laughs> God, a ham sandwich that's pretty fucking good right now. Not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> as far as going after like the up and comers, is that what you're wanting a response on? Well, that I mean, Florida State, as you mentioned or alluded to, they unless there's a big turnaround, uh, it, then. Willie Taggart might, as you said, be done there, you know, his dream job, uh, be done there by Halloween. I think that his success, you know, we talked a little bit about his meteoric rise. And I think that, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think you're going to see a lot of schools take uh, a chance on uh, someone like a Willie Taggart who might not necessarily pan out, but you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, maybe – Big contracts, even though they're short term, and somebody's going to end up being released at the end of it. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I think what you're going to see is you're always going to see football school, established football schools try to make the best hire they can off of empirical, tangible results. And as far as like big contracts for not a lot of, you know, for a short term amount of years, that's probably going to be a problem with like agents and attract because coaches don't so much look at the amount of money they look at the years on the contract right frost alluded to that when in his high introductory press conference where he said you know getting a seven-year deal was huge instead of a five-year deal so like for the top tier football schools probably not but for like 
you know, I'm just going to take a shot across the bow. Iowa, after Ferentz retires, I could see them, you know, being willing, being willing to bargain with an up-and-comer coach. I, I will. Well, you have. You you have conferences right now. You have a giant split between like the the Big Ten, the SEC, SEC, the ACC, and kind of everybody else. Because everybody else doesn't have near the money we do. They all have shitty TV contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pac-12. That's why the Big Twelve will probably dissolve in a few years. Yeah. So you, I would say that over the next few years, you're going to see uh, the the conferences that have the money use the rest. To them like a farm league for coaches. You think? I'm chewing a pro. Well, I my protein bar. <laughs> and and I'll say this to to dispute what, one. What kind of guy eats a protein bar during a podcast? A guy who's got to get hungry. He's got to get his macros in or or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but I'll say this to to dispute Big one thing. Bro. <laughs> to dispute one thing, the Hoss said we all know that uh, at Iowa. Uh, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. It's not, you know, they'll probably name like Brian Ferentz, head coach. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, it's it's they're going to go from one Ferentz to another, and unfortunately, it's going to be like the younger, douchier version of a Ferentz. You know what I that's love okay. though? We can hate him more. Oh, that's fine. You know what I love though? Mm. I can't stand Brian Ferentz. I can't stand Iowa fans. But what do me and Iowa fans have in common? We both can't stand Brian Ferentz. <laughs> Even Iowa fans don't like the guy. No, they don't. They like, don't. they can't stand him. He got suspended a few years ago for a game because Jim Delaney overheard the profanity come suspended. For foul language. Yeah. Like, how bad? I mean, was he saying things about Jim Delaney? <laughs> Man, that's, that's a good point. Anything else that we have on Scott Frost and and? Division one coaches in general. Well, Scott Frost will win the Coach of the Year award this year. I don't dispute that. When we go wow, those are three. bold predictions. When we go nine and three, plus five in the win column from eighteen to nineteen. Can is there a place to uh, bet on that? I mean, there's got to be like prop bets or something. I mean, you probably got like a bookie in like East St. Louis, right? I don't have anybody in East St. Louis. I'm I, I'm just going to be straight up with you. Um, I don't know anybody. I don't even deliver down there anymore. Um, it's uh, and that's not because like you know business is bad down there. It's just that I'm my route is not in that particular sector. Um, but no, I don't. So I don't. I don't have any connections down there. I could probably send a text right now and find out if I could place a bet on. NCAA uh, football 2019 coach of the year. Um, but I'll save that for another time. Speaking we need a gambler. We need when, a gambler. When I said nine and three, actually Keith is a great person to get on board with this. Remember, he told us all of his tales of, you know, windfalls that he has won. That's right. He did. Basketball. When we talked about nine and three, it reminded me. When are we going to have our prediction show? Uh, end of July. Scratch that. Early August. Yeah, it should be. Game, we're going to go game by game, culminating into an entire season. Like game by game scores, culminating to our prediction for an entire season. In one show? 
in one show, we could do two shows with the way that we all get off topic and talk about things like Blue Chew and I eat protein bars during shows. It could be three shows. That's we'll fair. figure that out. Um, that, I, I that think people. Most, I think John, people, that was the most check in the mail response I've ever heard. <laughs> By the way, I totally forgot that I had more. I want to talk about with Scott Frost. Oh, oh you have it's the like your it's like your sundowning. This is Doctor Fraser Crane. Okay, okay, that's the third time since we've started the Skype conversation. What is sundowning? It's a when term you I'm have not familiar with. And it gets worse after the sun goes down. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Or it's form of dementia, and you just, you know. You know what? You're fine I, I bet if you ask your wife about sundowners, she could probably rattle off an entire textbook from a nursing book. She probably an could. Entire chapter. I, by the way, uh, we're going to have to figure out. This is a, a production note that we're going to discuss openly here on the podcast. Uh, in up, behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. About four or five weeks from now. Anyway, middle of uh, uh What's the next month? July. Thank you. There I am. Sundown. The worst again. month. Well, it, I mean, it's the month I was born, so it's good for something, right? Well, I mean, you're the, <laughs> you're the exception to the rule. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, production note here. Uh, we're going to have to figure out the uh, recording schedule for the middle of July uh, for that particular week because on the 20th, 19th and 20th, we will be up north in northern Illinois. Uh, near Chicago, because that is when my wife will be graduating with her master's, and we're going to be going there so she can walk, because by God, after four and a half years, she's earned it. So, we'll have to figure that out. Oh, yeah. The 19th- oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. Are you, you're not going to leave John and I to have a podcast with just us two? <laughs> I, no, I would, I would love to, but how would it get recorded? That's a great <laughs> We, I could, we could... We could, uh, we'd do it. I know we'd you figure would. it out, just to spite you. Oh, that's fine. Be careful, Greg. That might be such a good podcast that we just kick you off the five heart. Okay. Yeah, and we'd be a duo pod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe the word is huh? bipod. Oh yeah. <laughs> bipod. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's coming up in July. We're uh, we're thrilled. We're. we're Obviously, our son's going up, and uh, uh, you know, with us, we're not just going to leave him here with the dog. Uh, we're not leaving the dog here. The dog's going to be put in a kennel for a couple of days. It, uh, it's just a quick weekend trip up there and back, uh, but just absolutely thrilled. She's uh, finished her final paper, which ended up being close to two hundred pages, uh, and and she got that. Holy fucking shit! Yeah, that's uh, what is uh, what is her uh, master's in? Uh, family nurse practitioner. practitioner. So she would know. So you don't know what sundowning is, and she probably could write a 200-page paper on it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think after All right, the- Greg, if you have time, you have to drop in on the Houndstooth on North Clark Street in Chicago. Oh, and we're not going to be in Chicago. We're going to be in Schaumburg. Never heard of it. Can't help you. It's Schaumburg. Schaumburg is like the western suburb of Chicago. Yeah, but we're like going up there on Friday, and she's got some – obligation stuff like there's a, a I, don't, I don't know if, i don't know if it's necessarily a luncheon but it's like a little meet and let me guess there's the baccalaureate and then there's the, the actual graduation here's what i know because i asked because you know for for, you for myself because it's july and you know because of our three-year-old son that i'm going to be holding 
uh, I said, so after they, because they're doing it all, it's all like online schooling, uh, but they're doing the master's and then they're doing the doctorate graduates right after that. I said, well, after the master's part, we can leave, right? And she says, no. I said, damn. <laughs> Bring snacks. Right. I've sat through one of those before. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just load them up in my boy's backpack and, uh, you know, we'll have a good time. Bring so, in big gulps. No, bad idea. Oh, yeah, you guys have to pee a lot. Yeah. I mean, not so much for him because he's, you know, hasn't hit. All right. Hoss, you're not there yet. John, you've been through there. My kid is three and a half. Zero interest in potty training. We're not. Are we talking about this on a podcast? Well, I I was going to talk about why we were late to start anyway, (laughs) but we jumped past that right at the beginning. Um, But uh, so I I thought we'd – I just – at what age? Hey. We, we okay, talk. here here's what I here's what you learn when you're when your kid's not interested in potty training. Uh, I, there's uh, nobody this be like a Freudian psychology lecture. Yes, it is. Oh, it, it's very simple. Okay, nobody. It's kind of like okay. No kid ever grows up and doesn't learn how to poop and pee in a toilet. Sure, <laughs> right? So profound. Well, it, it's true. It's, no, no, no. Working. It really is. It really is because, like, literally, like, pissing or shit, and it's like falling out of a boat and hitting water. Right. The, the, the parents worry about it when they're going through it. Why isn't he doing this? Is there something wrong? No, they'll get there at their own time. Stop worrying about it. Good God. Have you tried bribing him? Yes. You always bribe. Everybody says they're not going to bribe, and then they bribe the shit out of their boots. We We started. Congratulations, Greg. You're negotiating with a bodily function terrorist. <laughs> we started right. Being, All right, buddy. If you sit on there and if you uh, if you could squeeze a few drops out, you're going to get this Oreo. And because we're suckers, and the Oreo was already out of the package, guess who got the Oreo without having to put in the work? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, what can I well, say? Well, you're doomed now. He's. Yeah, all you the other kids are going to strip yourself of any uh, any dominance in the situation, <laughs> any uh, uh, negotiating power, or uh, yeah. you're so. you're negotiating from lower ground now. Yeah, <laughs> let's get back on Scott Frost. You should probably you should probably actually what I'm talking about. You should probably actually look up if Depends fit teenagers. <laughs> I mean, they fit. Hell, John, do they fit you? Probably they make them for people like me. What do you? What? Smell <laughs> uh, All right. So back to Scott Frost. Uh, <laughs> we we oh we we uh we definitely uh where, where the a road diverged in the yellow wood. We definitely took the one less traveled by. <laughs> nice. uh, thank you. Take a bow. Uh, I will. Robert Frost. Uh, he approves. Um, and uh, probably not related to Scott. But I want to talk real quick about Scott Frost and his second year at Nebraska versus his second year at Central Florida. And I know we're talking two different conferences, two different you know levels of competition, but the team that he – you almost have to say that he inherited a better team at Nebraska, correct? I mean, can you make an argument otherwise? Yeah, I think I can. Okay. That UCF team just won the Fiesta Bowl three years before he got there. And they went 9-4 and four in 2014 before going winless in 2015. So 
I think he probably inherited a little bit better of a team at UCF with a conference that didn't have as many um, – the schedule didn't have as many teams that could really beat you, like in the Big Ten. If you don't have your shit strapped down tight week in and week out, you're going to lose. So I think he probably took over a better team at UCF, but I will say I think the key players that he has now here in Lincoln are probably a cut above what he had at UCF. Define better. Mackenzie Milton was good. He was no. No, no, no. Greg, define better. What do you mean by better? As far as, let's just. uh, I mean, we might all scoff at nine and three, but again, that's a plus five in the win column from 18 to 19. Well, I I guess by better, I mean, you know, up and down the depth chart, you know, when when you compare the roster, when you compare, I mean, Obviously, one has a much richer tradition, but as far as recent success and and what you know, as, as far as you know, how how quote unquote. Wait, are you talking were, like heading into this second year, juxtaposed to heading into a second year UCF? Partially, but when when because he, I would say at that point, I think it's pretty even, if not the edge lying with Nebraska. So, I guess the the root of my of my question that I posed is, he gets to Central Florida, you know, he opens up the cupboard. There's a box of cereal, uh, you know, a box of minute rice, and you know, a pack of cookies. He opens up the cupboard when he gets to Lincoln, and then he finds like a, a, a little pouch of you know, rice aroni or something like that. I mean. I have a problem with this. Okay. Is it because it's 10 o'clock and you don't want to think about food? No, it, no. it's because human beings cannot be defined as objects. Human beings, he took oh. over a team that was in complete disarray in, in terms of discipline. And I don't mean discipline in that they were over bad person. What? It wasn't much different than what he took over here in Lincoln. That's what I'm talking guys about. guys didn't even lift weights. Team. He took it over a team that was a complete blob. That Mike Riley was such a fucking shitty coach. That oh, he I thought you were talking about ground. UCF. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. He took over crap. And it yeah, was evident in going 0-6 to start the season that nobody really knew how bad the program he took over was. It took him that long to figure it out. Yeah, so, that's a, a few different factors, too, but that's another podcast as well. Oh. <sighs> I'm just saying, the dominoes of the Akron game got set into motion. Yeah, they did. They did. They they did. But at the same time, if we play the Akron game, are we starting the season five and one or six and one? No, we're not. We're probably looking at you know three and three, four and two. Um, but I don't know. What he walked into here was worse than what he walked into at UCF. Yeah. Now heading into year two. I'd say it's pretty even to what he had at UCF going into year two, if not a little bit better. Just because, like, you look at Mackenzie Milton is, is a great college quarterback. Like, the year he had in 2017 and 2018 before he got hurt, he was, you know, a magician operating the spread offense. But when you look at his freshman year compared to Adrian Martinez's freshman year, it's not even close. And then there's a lot of parallels as well. In 2017 at UCF, 
they had a running back by committee approach because they didn't have that workhorse tailback. Adrian Killens led them in rushing with 700 and some odd yards. And then they had like Otis Anderson, Dedrick, Dredrick Snelson, guys like, and Greg McRae before he got hurt. It's kind of similar to what we have going on right now. You know, Maurice Washington, Wandale Robinson, Ramir Johnson, you know, Wyatt, Missouri, just a collection of guys. And so, you know, it's, there's things that are matching up. We're going to have a big jump, but it's not going to be up to 13 now. So part of that, and I'll say more than part of that, probably the biggest factor in, you know, not replicating that second year success is going to be the competition, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, just the competition. I mean, in the Big Ten, you we're going into what our ninth season in the Big Ten now, something like that. What I've learned through nine years, almost nine years of watching this conference as a participant, you can get beat week in and week out if your shit's not strapped down tight. I mean, in 2011, we upset Michigan State 24 to three, kicked the shit out of them. Next week, we lost Northwestern. And you see that all the time. Uh, you know, Ohio State goes into West Lafayette, Indiana last year and loses by 29 points. They go on to win the Rose Bowl. And that's and been the hist- that has been the history of the Big Ten. It, it's a nasty league. It's a league yeah. that I used to make fun of when we were in the Big yeah. 12. But by about 2014, 2015, I, when I would sit on a Saturday watching other games before our game would come on, I'd just sit there and i go, damn, everyone's got dudes yeah. in this conference. Everyone's got offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, and safeties, and they're going to kick the shit out of you. And even if they don't beat you, they're going to make it ugly. They're going to drag you into a rock fight. And that's why, uh, you know, Michigan, what, won a national title in 1948 and didn't win another one, kind of, until 1997. Or Ohio State went from 1969 to 2002 yeah it's because it's a really i i people in nebraska people especially are like well we should always beat northwestern we should always beat minnesota we should always beat iowa we should all we're better than all these well that's not how it works in this conference and you know what the like the fright night area of the season is it's like that week before halloween to that week after that saturday after where, like, you see a lot of weird shit happen in this conference. You'll see someone upsetting a highly ranked team or a highly ranked team being another highly ranked team, and then that highly ranked team the next week turns around and loses to somebody they shouldn't. Like, it was the weekend after Halloween in 2017 when Ohio State lost, like, 55-24 to in Iowa City. It's just, you know, week in and week out, this league is the most competitive in America. That also that aside from other things, I mean, that makes it a lot of fun to watch because you never you you got an idea like going in that okay let let's face it I was not going to win the conference championship uh, or, or you know win the conference Illinois is not uh, I mean you but you you might have an idea like a favorite or two but you don't have any runaway certainties you know it's not like I hate bringing them up, but in the SEC, it's not like, you know, uh, an Alabama or a Georgia. Where you know, that's, That is made even bigger with no Urban Meyer this year. True. 
You know, so if we, I'm just gonna segue into this. If we start five and zero, beating Ohio State, things set up pretty well for us. But we still will find ourselves in dogfights the last you know seven weeks of the season. Well, I think we talked about this, and, and we'll get into it obviously more in our when we start breaking down, you know, and doing our our prediction shows. Five and zero. Heading into the Ohio State game, win that one. Sky's the limit. I mean, how high can they go? I haven't started drinking that much Kool-Aid yet, you sons of bitches. I'd say the sky's the limit, but I will say this. You get by um, you get by Wisconsin. And that's late in the year, so I mean you get by Wisconsin, you're undefeated, you're ten and no. I mean you're you're pretty legit at that point. But get by Wisconsin. Get over on them for the first time in almost a decade. And I like but, how uh, our friends at the Big Red Cobcast, shout out to them, uh, called, in a way, sent a compliment to our neighbors to the direct east when they said that Iowa was Wisconsin light. Uh, in, in some of the, like, they, they try to be Wisconsin, they're just not as good at it. So, you know. Okay. Is that all she wrote for the night, fellas? Wow. No, we have one more news item. We do. Oh, yeah. Johnny, Speaking of Iowa. There was an article this week, an article this week that stated that Iowa leads the nation in poop produced for a square <laughs> mile. Huh? Huh? Uh, yes. Is this a shock to anyone whatsoever? No, I nope, it's just confirming everyone who's ever grown up or lived in eastern Nebraska. Every, <laughs> confirming everyone's beliefs. I, I, it, it confirms to me that I was just full of shit. Yeah. Well, it's smelly, too. Yeah. And now we can be done. Let me tell you, Winterset, Iowa, strangest town I've ever set foot in. <laughs> you can't just leave it like that. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know where to begin, aside from the fact that it's the birthplace of John Wayne. And people look at when you walk into a gas station there, it's like the record stops and it's like. It's weird. So does anybody, Every house did, looks the same. Did anybody come up to you and say, squeal, piggy? No, oddly enough, no. And thank God they didn't. I think if that would have happened... To paraphrase Leonard Skinner, you probably could have heard me screaming a mile away as I was running out towards the door. I was going to say, if, if somebody would have said that to you, I'm sure you might have you might have decked them. You're not usually the all. physical confrontation type, but I think if... Some, I, I, I've been known to engage in physical confrontation from time to time. True, but not, you know, like you don't go out of your way looking for a fight. Uh, but if, no. some, if some toothless... Uh, you know, toothless. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, redneck. Uh, said you know, made that comment to you. I, I think, I think you would have uh, helped rearrange his face a little bit. Just, just. Yeah, I would give him old Jake the Snake Roberts DDT. There you go. Maybe a Cactus Jack double arm DDT. We have gone from hockey to football, now professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we, we had a segue there. We had a pit stop at poop. <laughs> And poop. Two poops. Uh, Two poops. That's right, because, uh, yeah, we, we got to talk about my son refusing to uh, use 
Use the big boy potty. But that's all right. Uh, <laughs> he'll get there. As John says, as any of you parents uh, who've been through this before, this is, you know, my my only child uh, so far. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still unlearned, but everything in its due time. But I've told him, I said, after five, you're wiping you your own ass. So... We'll see how it goes. That'll do it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. If we do it uh, quickly, we're going to get out of here under an hour, surprisingly. So for myself, Greg Mahochko, for Hoss Reuter, for John Dam Johnston, we appreciate you tuning in, finding us on your favorite podcast app. Leave a rate and review. Let us know what you think. Join the conversation on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the Use Your Voice uh, part uh, in 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 uh, voicemail form you can leave that voicemail at 402-327-1830 you could be featured a featured guest featured voice call in uh on next week's show we look forward to hearing from you that'll do it for this episode we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need john it was less than an hour it seems like days just say it (laughs) oh go big red Win the damn off season and keep listening to the Five Shart, I mean Heart Podcast. You know what? That hurts. All right. And we're talking about poop. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.